right, Tom. Scott McTominay described scoring the second goal at Old Trafford yesterday as an out-of-body experience. <laughs> Did you lose the run of yourself as well? Yeah, it's hard not to yeah. in a moment like that, especially when everything and the w- and everyone seems to be against us. It felt like, yeah, an outpouring of so much pent-up frustration and also it felt like this could be a real turning point, a watershed moment, I think. Oh, it kind of has to be, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it does. I mean, the thing is, I think we'll be honest about this, this was not a good United performance. <laughs> it took a 93rd and a 97th minute goal to win it, and mm-hmm. and that is uh, awesome. I saw uh, old Hairy Hands and uh, his sidekick were slagging United fans off for celebrating. <laughs> if you can't celebrate a 93rd and 97th minute goal to win a game, I don't care who it's against, whether it's against Bayern Munich in the new Camp, to win the Champions League or the dog and duck on a Sunday that's what football's about anyway it was was awesome it it was and like you say there are some clarifiers like the fact that Brentford are bad without Tony and they've been bad this season one of the weakest sides in the Premier League and we shouldn't be yeah in a logical sense but we shouldn't be finding ourselves enwrapped by what happened like 93rd 97th minute but football is all about emotion and when when you've been so frustrated for for 93 minutes where we've kind of just been camped on their outside their box for the whole game not creating that much I guess but yeah that is that is literally what football is all about and it's not like when we were winning every single week and we scored a last minute winner under Fergie it's not like we didn't celebrate it because it, we, we were like looking at the opposition like when you when that is literally what football is all about. Those moments, Wh- whoever you're playing, you you can't you can't help. But what, what am I going to do? Like in the moment where I'm losing myself, actually qualify in my head. Going actually, it's only Brentford. I shouldn't be celebrating this much. Yeah, well, like, right. let my. It's, it's this is all about getting carried away. That's what football is. Football is nonsense, but it's yeah. It's it's a it's a place where we can yeah express ourselves in ways that we don't in in other parts of society and other parts of life. And what I bet what happens, I bet if you took a survey today of uh, people who are there, I mean, I watched it on the telly, I, 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 I'm guessing you did, mm-hmm. you get a very different experience then if, than if you're in the crowd. So I bet the people in the crowd, that's the only moment they remember, basically, <laughs> of a pretty dull game apart from that. And they, they're going home absolutely buzzing and, yeah. uh, and feeling like they got full value for their ticket which they actually managed to get their hands on and weren't sold to the away fans <laughs> uh, for extortionate corporate rates and, um, it's, and it's also so, moments yeah, it's, like that that like transform a season like the, oh because God, yeah. the, 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 the play, like the players in in the dressing room aren't thinking Richard Keys like and going oh yeah but it's only Brentford when they're when they're just I don't know running into the changing room and all screaming and shouting these are the moments that bring people together. They bring fractured squads together. They inspire belief in in a manager, in their own makeup, in in the teammates around them. It's a moment that we could that really could change the, the season. It it might not, and we might go back to to awfulness after the international break. And the international break is coming at the wrong time. But it is these moments build yeah camaraderie, and they can build a team and and. Well, boy, did we ever fucking need a moment 
to oh my god to, to yeah. turn this season around and maybe that is it maybe it is Scott McTominay being yeah well I've seen that people like describe it as Mark Robbins moment or the Steve Bruce moment it's, it's a little bit different to, to both of them especially the Bruce one where we where we obviously uh, we're, we're about to win a title but it this could it could change things and I feel like we also saw the relief in Ten Hag celebrations as well I, you, you you see him celebrate goals, but I felt like there was just a certain type of relief in the way that he expressed himself after those, two, especially the first goal. It was like, God, thank yeah. God, because I was looking at that. I, I was I manage a football team on a Saturday, so um, we kicked off at two. So I was in the pub watching it on my phone after like literally surrounded by loads of people who didn't really care, and I was just watching the last few minutes on my phone and just being like, and then people are like, Oh, do you think Ten Hag's going to go? And I was like, well, after this result, like, I don't think it could be two or three or four games where he, like, he, could, he could be genuinely gone. And Brentford fans were singing, yeah, you're getting sacked in the morning with about five, ten minutes to go. Yeah. And th- yeah, this, this can propel us and, and change our season and change Ten Hag's career path as well. God, I mean, all of those things have to be true, don't they? Um, uh- I, I was uh, chatting to the the old crew, and we were like, "Is he going to get sacked?" No, I can't. Like, what could the club can't? They can't sack him there. All on board. Mm-hmm. They have to be all on board. Otherwise, it's just rinse and repeat. The cycle repeats. I mean, of course, there's, they'd find some other dude to take it because they can chuck five to ten million at a manager or whatever. But then this squad has been built for ten Hag. It's not just the five to ten million. It's the 600 million or whatever it is we've spent in the last two years mm-hmm. so so in on this train but if, if if Scott McTominay hadn't pulled that one out of the bag that would have been seven defeats in 11 games this season mm-hmm. I mean that that for sure is getting fired like territory for a mid-table manager let alone an elite club manager so the pressure really was on and and I think we saw that in Ten Hag's celebration he's you know, he's kind of technocratic, really. He's not passionate. No. Or at least he doesn't kind of show it in that effusive way, which is totally fine, but I, I think we saw some of that come out. Uh, and I hope it's a turning point. The problem, I think, for United is less that there's a bunch of players who don't really care and now they care and they're together. And it's more the kind of technical and technical. Technical? Tactical aspects I've, I've made a new word up be using <laughs> I, like it. I like before, it before the season's out yeah and and I mean I, I know there's more than one aspect to this and Wayne for example thinks that the burden of carrying players who really want to be out of the squads has been too high because there are several that are in the squad that would have been sold Scott McTominay by the way was, might it? have been one of those I don't think for a moment that he's a player who gives anything less or cares anything less than like everything for United Mm -hmm. there may be others that feel differently I think but the tactical stuff really worries me and I think for most of the this game it was an absolute mess I mean or at least for the first half Bruno on the right Matt in the middle I hate that combination I hate it so much it it neuters Bruno and Mount's less creative look at his data for years and years and years it's much better the other way around and I mean Amrabat was in the centre at least they changed the back four around I guess they had to because it seems like Varane's injured again man's made a glass yeah 
uh, and and it just didn't seem to to work. I mean, maybe the first twenty minutes were okay, but then after that, Brentford started creating moments. United were like some kind of disconnect, as we've seen in so many games this season. Second half, there was a little switch, wasn't there? Tactically, Casemiro Bruno for closer time. to the centre. Casemiro, Casemiro, God, he had to be binned off. He was dreadful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just a few games now. It's since when was he last good? Since before the World Cup, or what? I think there were a few games after that, like almost until that red card against his second red. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it Palace where he got? But was it, I think it was just a booking before the Arsenal game. I'm being really picky here, but I feel like that's when it was almost like the turning point. But he, he obviously scored in the the, the Carabao Cup final as well, didn't he? But like, yeah, I, I think that that midfield too, that Amrabat and Derrickson might be the way to go for a little bit. At least like Amrabat has the legs to cover for Ericsson. and Ericsson I thought brought some type of quality to that to that midfield when he came on. I mean, it's not. Uh, no, it's pa- passing range is magnificent. It's, I mean, it's hard. Well, yeah, it's it, also n- hard not to improve upon what Casemiro was giving in that first half, especially from a ball perspective, ball playing perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely really worried. I'm thinking that they ought to find a. Well, who's going to buy him? No one in Europe. So it would be Saudi, wouldn't it? Uh, it's just yeah, he's going to be a burden around a club's neck because you can't have this for the next four years. <laughs> No. <laughs> I didn't even think about how long the contract was. Oh On my mega, God. mega money as well, yeah. I mean, wow. Saudi, I, I would ship him to Saudi. Yeah, next time. Unless, unless he improves, maybe he needs a rest. But I don't think the quality of this team is good enough to be able to carry someone like Casemiro, who... I mean, he's been our, one of our best attacking players this season. He's, is he still our top scorer? I mean, he's, he's bringing something in that offensive perspective in and around the box, but that's not why you buy someone like that. It's not why you bring Scott McTominay. Well, it's kind of the reason why we brought Scott McTominay on, but it shouldn't be the reason why we're bringing Scott McTominay on in the game. It, these yeah. are kind of... It's been a needs must in the fact that Casemiro's been able to bail us out and the fact that Scott McTominay's been able to bail us out, but... It kind of speaks to the wider issue that you're just kind of speaking about is the tactical mess that United is right now. And I feel like that has been kind of the way since Ten Hag took over. Like we started those two games in a complete mess, like losing them to Brighton and Brentford, Brentford in a hilariously awful way. But what we have seen throughout Ten Hag's managerial campaign uh, career with uh, United is that he's been pragmatic and he's found solutions that haven't been of a well have been of a tactical nature but but a reactive tactical nature it's when we need to be proactive and build some style and cohesiveness that I thought I thought this was what we were getting from him more than anything I thought we were going to get a tactical a style of football which would be like just like like an ident well just an identity, but we don't have that in any respect. And thirteen fourteen months on, that is pretty troubling. And it feels like it's going backwards yeah. rather than forwards. It still feels yeah. 
pragmatism above everything, which is is the most concerning thing from this game, despite yeah the the, the wonderful last few minutes, which were amazing and and memories that few and far between, like moments that are few and far between these days as a United fan. But it, the wider issue is is like screamingly obvious and scary that we just don't have any cohesiveness. We don't have a style of play and 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 having to just find all these workarounds every single game bringing on Martial to play with Hoyland and then bringing off Amrabat to put McTominay in a 10 position or whatever the solution is that he he thinks on that day and sometimes it works but it's only going to get you so far and I feel like that's what we kind of are right now last season I feel like our performances last season aren't drastically different to the performances this season but this time it's not working like it worked this weekend but it hasn't been working this season. We've been on the end of one-goal losses when last season we're on the, on the the side of got one-goal wins, and right, and yeah, I don't feel like that much has changed since last season. Obviously, we've had a lot of off-the-field issues as well, but the cohesiveness is not there. the The madness is is still apparent, and and the chaos is still apparent. And though I love finding solutions and, and I love the pragmatism that he has brought he has to bring more than that because or else it it is just doomed to fail because you, you can't just go around being so reactive not in this day and age you might have been able to 10-15 mm. years ago when Mourinho could do that but I think even then he, he they still had a style of football that they, they stuck to um, whereas now we're just we're just a chaos chaos machine in so many different ways oh, and to Yes, and that's that's the only reason we've got results. JJ Ball did a video on TIFO, which is I think it's a good breakdown of what's been going wrong with United, at least on the pitch this season. And I came out of that thinking, you know what, I I, I just kind of think that it's le- less about a pragmatic view, but how do you get the most out of this team right now with these players? It might be best for United to become a, a counter-attacking team. I mean, Ten Hag wants United to be a counter-attacking team, but also a possession-dominant team. Or, or, to be more truthful, he wants to be a possession-dominant team that's great in transitions. And that's, that's what, Liverpool or City, that, that style of play. And, and I kind of thought that's what we'd get from Ten Hag. And I think history tells us with managers, it's not that hard to instil a style of play. It actually happens quite quickly. I mean, look at Postacoglu mm-hmm. and the managers he's taken over from. So you can't say there isn't a history of playing dull, lifeless football at Spurs because that's what they've been playing for the last six, seven years or whatever yeah. they've had with Nuno Conte and Mourinho. And so, and he's turned that around immediately. So there's been plenty of time for Ten Hag to get a style. And the fact that there's changes of personnel shouldn't mean that that style changes. Now... There's, you could say, or oh, maybe the guys who are playing at the back can't play with the ball. But you know what? Harry Maguire does progress the ball very well. All, all the numbers will back that up as well. Johnny Evans uh, was he, great he at that not, yesterday as well. Johnny Evans always been good with the ball. Yeah. He, they, now, Maguire may not do it quickly, which is a problem. But still, he can fit into that style. Casemiro, Amrabat should be able to keep they do keep the ball reasonably well both of them yeah Amrabat has a good range of passing you should be able to play the style that Ten Hag wants to play and and the fact that that's not happened and he can't do it when he doesn't have his full 11 
it's pretty concerning. And uh, yeah, I'm not really, not really sure why he's not been able to to instill that. I almost wonder if like he he was spooked by what happened in those first two games, where it felt like he knew the way that we were wanted to, wanted to play. It sounds like a ridiculous thing to say however many months on that he was spooked by first two games but we we were going to play a certain way in that first game and the first two and we failed miserably and ever since then it's been just chopping and changing from game to game he's not he's not trust he's like he's he's not trusting his own process almost in, in the same way like you spoke about then just Maguire might not be able to progress the ball fast enough or he, he hasn't got the right personnel from the back and he, we had the hair last season like the way that Brighton and maybe maybe Brighton's a bad example because there's a lot less pressure on being a Brighton manager than there is a Man United manager but the way that like De Zerbi, for example has changed Lewis Dunk into being one of the best like ball progressing uh, defenders in, in world football like genuinely like the way he the way he plays out from the back was almost unique and I feel like maybe Ten Hag doesn't... He wants to be pragmatic because he thinks that that's what will gain results in the short term. I can win by changing it up and just reacting on the pitch and reacting to certain different scenarios. And that's maybe the best solution for us. I, I don't think that's personally what, what, what will actually achieve results with United. But the fact is that we... Like he, he, it feels like he just doesn't trust. There's no like, I I can't play this certain way because of these guys. But he's not giving them time yeah. to actually do that. Like there's no, it's not like we play the same system for like five or six games to get used to it. And yeah, maybe it's failed in in like two or three games. But and but he's almost like like I say, almost been spooked by those first two games because we we lost them and. There was. I remember Miguel Delaney writing an article, being like, "Oh, Ten Hag might not come back from this." Like genuinely, after like three or four games, it felt like Frank De Boer, Crystal Palace, all over again. And it's almost like he's thinking in his head, "If I if I try and instill this thing and just goes to absolute pot, then I'm going to be out of a job. Like, or I'm not going to be able to." revitalize this United team and people are not going to believe in me the team aren't going to believe in me so I, I'm not going to even try and start instill a style I'm just going to be pragmatic every mm. single game but I don't I don't know it doesn't make sense to me that we don't have a style of play and it's it's so yeah. obvious it's horses for courses every game isn't yeah. it and it's so evident so. in the game like this where we're just camped outside Brentford's box trying to navigate a way in where we're literally having almost 80% of the territory and the ball but we can't navigate a way through and we're having to yeah, rely on these ridiculous formations and ridiculous people at the back just to try and, and, or, just and, chaos, just, and lumping yeah. balls into Harry Maguire, which yeah, worked yeah. this time, but like yeah. it doesn't work every time. Well, no, I think, I think that's right. I think that's the concerning thing. Like, look at the results that we've got this season. Like, the comeback against Forest, which was actually pretty good after they were 2-0 down... Wolves, where they were absolutely battered. Terrible against Wolves. Mm-hmm. Burnley, where it took a moment of absolute magic and was still the team that requires a moment of magic. Just an outstanding finish from Bruno. And this one, which was lumping balls into the box by the end because 
like going sideways, 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 camped outside but Brighton's Burnley, Brighton's Brentford's box. Try saying that in <laughs> in a row. Tongue twister. Brighton beat Brentford on a. <laughs> It just wasn't working, was it? United weren't... I mean, it's 1.4 XG in this game for all for 65% possession. And and it was just... They were not creating. Rashford had the ball a lot. Couldn't create. Bruno out wide. Didn't create. Mount, busy. Absolutely busy little cunt, isn't he? But Which, you know, we like. But not really creating anything. Amrabat. Mm, he's pretty prosaic, isn't he? But that's what he's there for. So... It's it's you can see why United don't score goals, and I don't think you can go. Well, we got two today, so that's all right. Because that was just uh, on another day, someone heads that way, someone gets in there, someone wants it just as much as Scott McTominay wanted it. Mm-hmm. But hey, we've gone from this is fucking great to <laughs> doom and gloom again. But it, I mean, I think it's it would be some. Absolute galaxy brain nonsense to go, yeah, United played well and deserved that. Yeah, Brentford were, still can't say that word, can I? Brentford were happy to give the ball away. That's what they wanted to do and try and break in their moments. And maybe if they'd had Ivan Tony in the side, they would have scored more in those moments. Because they had moments. Yeah, and that's what they did so well against Man City last season when they had Ivan Tony. They beat him, didn't they, away at the Etihad? I, they, they, they know how to play football and, and the problem is that when we spoke earlier about like oh maybe United would be best as a counter-attacking team teams won't let us be a counter-attacking team that's that's the problem with being Man United like they give you the ball they seed possession because the onus is on you as the big club to to especially at home to, to come and beat us like if you're just going to settle for a nil-nil and, and think that we're going to attack you and you'll pick us off on the counter-attack. Like, teams don't do that. I mean, there was times under Fergie where that literally happened. Like, there were, I, I know it feels like everything was all rosy and beautiful under Fergie and we played this amazing football all the time, but there were a lot of moments where teams just camped in against us and we couldn't pick them off and it was really, really frustrating and we'd maybe get a 1-0 or, or we'd get a frustrating 0-0 because teams... But it's always going to be the way United... Like, Brentford would come and take a 0-0 draw every day of the week. Even, even when we're at this this awful ebb of of what we are, the the problem is you have to take the to take the game to teams, and we don't we we try, but we can't do it in an effective manner, which is going to be a yeah. downfall until until that changes. And like you say, we are talking really negatively about well, have- a, a two 0 win, a two one win, which was amazing in the moment. I but I mean, there are there are wider issues at play here. I mean, teams are camped. You either have to have people who brilliantly finish off chances, which we don't have yet. So our conversion rate has to be much, much higher. And and Rashford in particular's conversion rate is really down this season. Or you have to be able to bait them to come out of their encampment, which City do so well. Slow it down and then speed up. And it feels like United only have the one speed which is super fast and if it's not that no well there was there was times that in this game against Brentford I was like I think I tweeted it out it, they're like statues just no one yeah, was moving no I, we had the Amrabat had the ball like 40 yards out everyone's ahead of him basically except the defenders and no one everyone just stood still do you expect anything to happen mm. oh of course not so until 
Super McSauce comes on <laughs> with the inspiration of having watched the Beckham documentary the yeah, night before. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's, it's a great moment yeah. for him. Like, he, I think he said in that same interview that he's been here since the age of five. He's always been a Man United fan, Man, Manchester boy, and he was, yeah, seemed like he was very close to a move away from Old Trafford in the summer. And it's, it is a beautiful moment for a player who has spent yeah, the majority of his, his life at the club to get a, a, a moment like that, which he's going to remember forever. And it, I guess it doesn't feel like. There used to be a time where, like, United's homegrown players were, like, cult heroes and, and properly loved. Where there's... They don't... They get a lot of hate these days. Like, like... Because, I think we hate our own more than the others yeah, I mean, that we bring in. Just, just I mean, the I, way I, the Rashford's looked at. But there's no... There's, like, no cult yeah, heroism yeah. around around Metomine, which I think in a, in a bygone era that would have happened. I do wonder whether that's a kind of social media age and you actually separate out... God, it always feels reductive when you start making this kind of argument. But if you separate out the sort of Twitter sphere, Instagram world, from sort of people who are at the match, I think that probably has a different perspective. I doubt too many people at Old Trafford really wanted to see Scott McTominay go this summer. I mean, I, I didn't want, I'm pretty sure, I might be contradicting myself, but I'm pretty sure I said on this pod I'd much rather keep him. Maybe I'm contradicting myself, but. If he's prepared to do this kind of role, hmm. then it's great having someone like him around. Yeah. That's really important. I think it's really important for the sort of institutional knowledge and and passion and just desire for it and reflection of the fans in the team. And we've always had that, haven't we? And so if he's prepared to have a part-time role, because what we get when he's in the team for 90 minutes, he's a player who's not really very good with the ball and it's better when he doesn't have it and seems to hide in the passing lanes because he knows he's not very good with the ball but when he can come up with moments like that where he's free he's a great finisher mm-hmm. as he's shown at international level then yeah. perfect to have him around yeah here's where you tell me that I was like a passionate defender of Fred and that uh, <laughs> I probably was earlier this season we were missing Fred well, apparently he's been unbelievable at Fenerbahce. I feel. I think. I don't know if they won this weekend, but Fenerbahce. I think have won every single game they've played this season <laughs> in all competitions. And apparently Fred's been like one of the bosses. But yeah, so the conversation. They they brought Fred and the Lord with them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh man. Oh well, well. Look, United won, so there's some good feeling going into the international break. I mean, I guess you'd want another game right now because you're like we're on a high. Although I, 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 doubt, I don't believe it's systemic yet. I think that was just chaos at the end. So I don't know whether there would be a real benefit from it. But we international break, and then we're back against someone in two weeks' time. I forget who now, or ten days' time. And we've got to carry on from here somehow. Yeah. Somehow, Ten Hag has got to instill what he wants in this team. We were two weeks closer to having players fit, more players fit. Apparently Luke Shaw's back in training or light training, so yeah, and that feels like a mega one that does. And and though in some respects it does feel like the international breaks come at the ba- a bad time, it does because of the chaos and the the injuries and the lack of freshness that we have in our team right now. Players coming back from injury, players who are still injured, like it does feel that the two weeks actually will be beneficial. That. 
the players who want on international break though I guess there's not too many of those actually can stick stick around the team and try and yeah create more of camaraderie of in this in the squad and yeah just get players closer to match fitness though I guess like people like Casemiro and Amrabat are going to fly out across the world I know I mean Casemiro really needs to quit doesn't he but it's, you don't quit the Brazilian team no so yeah like everyone everyone will be off except for Jaden Sancho <laughs> Anthony Martial is Mount in the England squad I mean, he's he kind of dropped out of favour, but I wonder whether Gareth Southgate will bring him back because he's actually been pretty good the last few games. Mm. Now, it's a like for a different style of midfielder. I know you know, England are kind of well stocked in forward areas, even if Southgate refuses to use them. But yeah, there aren't too many. But we'll we'll be closer to Reguilón being fit. I don't think Shaw's back in contention for another month or so we'll be closer to my new being fit we have no idea how long he's actually out for because no one will say it United anymore yeah you know how that used to leak out yeah <laughs> like now they're like we're not going to tell you whether it's just a, a minor tweak or a, he's broken both his legs and they've fallen <laughs> off so he's been back in training for a bit though hasn't he yeah so I just wonder I wonder what the balance of that United midfield is I keep trying to say England the United midfield is, is when everyone's fit what does the two in midfield looks like? So there's, we want Bruno at 10, because that's absolutely, he needs to be there. Why would you put your most creative player anywhere else? Now Anthony is back in the squad, for better or worse. We presume that he'll be occupying that right-hand side. There's a competition on between Garnacho and Marcus Rashford, as there should be, for that position on the left. And so the two in midfields, one defensive player and one more all-round player, I guess and you can go to the most creative end which is Ericsson or you could play Amrabat and Casemiro I do think that's a bit prosaic mm. honestly for games like Saturday's yeah. game maybe against City Arsenal and so on and then like the most pure number 8 of all the central midfielders we have is probably Kobe Miner. Mm. he's got the most the best all round game for that I just he's had hardly any experience but does does Ten Hag believe in him that much that he gives it brings balance to the force and the team having a player like that in there this 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 part of me that thinks that's maybe maybe was in his thinking in the summer and the fact that we didn't buy number eight is because he thought Mainu was so or Mainu is so good and Mainu could be a, a real player for us this season and then obviously he gets injured and we don't know that the answer to that but he like like I say, he was so good in in preseason, and he does. And I said it loads of times at the time. Like he looks like he is different to the players that we saw play well in preseason in previous years. Like I don't know Zidanek, but something. Whereas he has the like the quality on the ball, and also like the physicality, which you really need from a centre midfielder, especially in the Premier League. Like. The, the quickness of his feet, like the quickness across the across the ground, like the ability to hold off people, all yeah. the intelligence as well. Like he does have so much to his game, and we, when we were kind of screaming, like in the transfer window, like why are we buying Amrabat? It doesn't really make sense, and why are we not getting an eight? And the guy's going to progress the ball, and 
and what, why are we signing Mount to play in this position? I wonder if maybe he thought that Mainu could be the, the person to step up this season. Maybe that's just me overthinking a little bit and why is he kind of why has he got so much thought and why does he hold this guy so highly? He's going to be kind of the saviour in this position. I guess that there are they are questions that yeah are hard to answer. But yeah, he, he is so good and he could bring so much to this team if he is as good as as I guess we hope him to be. We hope and think he might be. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that Saturday's game. Few other topics to cover. And uh, I guess we won't do a preview of Sheffield United and Copenhagen that are coming up after the international break. But uh, Kath Ferguson died, uh, and I mean, not only has she been the sort of the Ferguson's rock, and we have a lot to be thankful for, but we have her to thank for an extra ten years of Fergie, an extra ten years of childhoods ruined, <laughs> as Dan might put it. So, you can get the T-shirt nqatpod.com forward slash merch <laughs> so, surprisingly a large seller actually and maybe unsurprising yes let your mates know that their childhood was ruined and that's why they're so bitter <laughs> oh, lovely stuff no, I mean desperately sad for Ferguson of course because they've been together for for so long and I guess we didn't know she was ill and they kept it private as should be the thing but yeah she was alongside him for four decades or something mm. maybe more than that yeah it's yeah, um, unimaginable isn't it what what he must be feeling right now like obviously it's, I know it's, I mean must be it's, devastating loss to have that bigger hole in your life so. yeah after spending so much time together like while he was managing and obviously she must have been yeah like, as you say the rock for him when he comes home from uh, berating young footballers all day and cope kicking boots at players <laughs> and cope, yeah, yeah and, and, uh, and dealing with uh, after massaging those egos all day like she must have done a lot of massaging herself and obviously what's it been 10 years now since Fergie retired like, I guess that probably won't feel like anywhere near enough longest 10 years of your life <laughs> yeah well, yeah yeah desperately so I can't I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this because it's only fair to be transparent I couldn't help but think just for a moment after I heard the news well Fergie's going to be at a loss for something to do now we could we could do a bit of Fergie well that's true so, yeah. and then I checked myself and I was like no no that's not right <laughs> it's not right let the man grieve for a couple of weeks and we'll bring him <laughs> back sad sad for him and she doesn't really feature we're going to talk in the backers content uh, about David Beckham she doesn't really feature in that at all Fergie does quite a lot Fergie's great in that yeah he is he's actually really good yeah. as always he's always value mm-hmm. for money Ferguson alright what else this week United Women played Arsenal at least Sports Village cracking game this one we thought United had won it late in the day and fortunately an absolute brilliant goal to equalise for Arsenal but it's been a really good start to the new WSL season yeah it's a heartbreaker to to not win like that but the problem is that though it has been a really good start and beating Arsenal at home would have been a massive result the problem is with how competitive the WSL is you almost need to win your home games against the big clubs around you Incredibly. like yeah. it almost 
especially with them scoring so late in the game it does feel like two points dropped like we saw how ridiculous uh, Chelsea were towards the end of last year how relentless they were and just relentless just relentlessly yeah. winning week after week after week and it feels like almost like in a Champions League group where you have to win your home games especially against the big clubs and yeah despite playing really well and turning a turning it around to, to go 2-1 up it does feel a bit like two points loss yeah it it does I mean we I'd almost forgotten in the our transfer roundup we did that uh, they'd brought in Melvin Mallard on loan from Leon. it's one of those late trolley dash ones wasn't it I think they brought 10 players in this summer it's an incredible amount of business I guess, I guess it's just maybe it'll happen less in the women's game now there's more money coming into it mm-hmm. but it used to be very short contracts and you get a lot of turnover so she was one of the late ones it's important I mean in, Arsenal created a lot of chances in this game and so it, it's hard to although United had a lot of possession it'd be hard to say oh, Arsenal didn't really deserve something out of it in fact it was United that managed to turn this around and yeah, and, and look like that late mm-hmm. winner for a really good crowd at Lee Sports Village until a brilliant just a brilliant Chloe Lacasse just a brilliant move finish to get a point for Arsenal which they probably deserved on the balance yeah. of things when is the the Champions League must be coming up soon yeah I think it's I think it's United's you know, next game if I'm right it's, in saying it's yeah, yeah. anyway yeah, I think it usually, it usually they usually do put it. I think in the yeah. international break, the first games in the men's international break. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure on the plans to have games at Old Trafford this season. I haven't checked it out, but I, I think they're doing four on mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, because we've seen a few that. Um, and I mean, it's kind of you'd want this one against Arsenal should have been. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, it's going to be super competitive. The difference between I mean Chelsea are probably still a step ahead, aren't they? But the difference between United, Arsenal, City for those other Champions League places going to be really yeah. tight. Yeah, as always. All righty. Well, backers, we are going to talk about David Beckham. I think I feel like he's probably been the subject of backers content several times over, but brand new documentary on Netflix, which is well worth watching, I think. We're going to go into some depth about that a little bit and nostalgia, because that's mainly what it was about, the, the Beckham doc. Uh, we'll come back with the next pod and do some do a preview of United against Sheffield United who have just been spanked 8-0 by Newcastle so you know clearly we'll have no problem breaking them down <laughs> and the Copenhagen tie which in the Champions League which is going to be absolutely crucial United absolutely have to win that if there's any hope of getting through to the later stages Apart from that, everyone else, thank you very much for your support. A couple of shout-outs. If you do want to back us, it's patreon.com forward slash NQATpod. We have several tiers. A pound, just because you love us. Four pounds to get the extra show and the video, because we have our beautiful faces on there for 90 minutes. Speak for 90 yourself. minutes. 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, speak for myself. And higher tiers for merch. Merch store is at nqatpod.com forward slash merch. Uh, I priced that rather aggressively. May have to change that soon because I'm actually losing some money on some of these products. So go get your, your Fergie t-shirts there. Uh, everyone else, thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you soon. <laughs>